have a I have a stinger for you. What's that? Road sodas. I love it. Yeah, it really adds that? some balls. Well, I, you know that's not fully art. And uh, welcome to Road Sodas. Welcome. I'm one of your hosts, Ben Warden. And I'm Jimbo Shaw. Goddamn right. And I think Jimbo's got something to say about uh, what this is. These are the dastardly, deceptive daydreams of a duo of depraved drunks. Damn right. Got right into it. I'm actually doing this kind of as it's. it should be an away game because I'm not at home, but I'm actually closer to home. I'm actually doing this from my parents' living room in Cecil County, Maryland. And me and my lady and my parents uh, just had a very nice crab feast. Fuck yeah. The afternoon. I'm, I'm like more than a six pack of loose cannons deep, but I spaced them out. So, so I should be good. Now for the folks at home, what, uh, what describe the crab feast just to, you know, catch everybody up on why, why we, why we care. Cause we care. It's, it's food. That's fun. That's a whole animal, and you have to work for it. I think that's the most important part. You get like a picnic table, you put a bunch of newspapers down. Although my parents don't get the paper anymore, so they just had regular like butcher paper. And oh my god, that was so much better not having newsprint all over your food. But uh, you dump out, it can be a bunch of crabs, or it can be a bunch of like steamed crabs and corn and potatoes and shit. This was this was just crabs. We went for uh, for a clean dozen because my mom she'll pick a couple. My dad only did the claws. He said he wasn't going to do any because I don't know. I guess it's like baseball to him when the strike was on. He was just like, I you know I have to work too hard. I I don't work anymore. I'm retired. But <laughs> you know he he tried to show Joan how to like get the claw meat out well. And then I just started throwing him all the claws, and he was fine with that. He still said, like, I feel like a kid, but yeah. That's great. Yeah, but it's food that you have to work for, and uh, it's delicious. And, I, I mean, we had a couple left over because uh, my dad was only eating claws. Joan ate, like, six. I only ate five, I think, because I was already a couple of loose cannons deep on, like, just a breakfast. Nice. <laughs> well. I saved the meat from the last two, and if you're counting at home, that makes 13, which is a Chesapeake Bay Crab Fisherman's Dozen. Woo! <laughs> uh, but yeah, maybe make that into a crab cake or two. Fuck yeah. I forget what we were watching earlier. It might have just been like an ad for something, but they were like, we made fucking crab cakes, and it was like crab meatballs. Like, they were not... <laughs> it was like Arby's. Well, they were smooth. Like, they were homemade, but whoever made them made them perfectly smooth somehow. Like, it looked like dough. Like, balls of dough. Like, they used, like, a ladle and just for- formed them? Well, if, if if you, like, it was still kind of flat on the top, so it was like a, a tall English muffin, only they were calling it a crab cake. And I'm sure there was crab in it, but I was upset. Yeah. No, this was, this was one of the better meals of the year. Uh, if not the the decade, fuck yeah! I uh, I'm 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 hoping we got one of them coming our way in like a month and a half. Yeah, a month and a half. You, goddamn right. 
because uh, Reagan's never had blue crab. Well, so. they're all over the East Coast, and they charge a lot for them, but it's food that's fun. You get to deconstruct an entire animal yeah. on many times over on a table with just your hands and a yeah. mallet and maybe a nutcracker or a knife if you want. And if you fuck it up, just grab another because it's not a thing you eat one of. Yeah. I mean, you could, but that'd be very weird. Well, I mean, some people eat like soft shell crabs sandwiches where you, you actually just consume all of it, which is weird, but I done it. Yeah. Yeah. Some people who have soft shell crab sandwiches like freak out about how they're like the best thing ever. And I don't find them to be much better or worse than just a regular crab. I think that there, there's a coolness to it because of the fact that you're just, it, I mean, it looks like a crab and you're just biting into it. That's fun. Right. But taste wise, everyone's like, oh, soft shell crab. Whew. Now that is the good stuff. And it's like, honestly, it's to me personally, it's as, as good as a good crab cake or just straight crab. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I got some backfin in the, in the hold. Backfin's good. And, and you know some people some people only do the jumbo lump. Who gives a shit? Well, my dad puts the claw meat in the bisque, which I think he got the idea from Nutters. Nutters, but uh, <clears throat> I mean, I you know, I had a couple of meals when I lived in the Boston area where you also kind of had to deconstruct an animal. One of them was like a fish with all these spines in it. Mm. And, you know, you had to scale the fish and then then either fry it or bake it or, or cook it somehow. But you, you were huh. it was like ribs that were dangerous. But that meal uh, that I had many times in my in my own house that I apartment that I was renting was with some people that I lived in North Quincy in the first year that I was up in the Boston area. Hell yeah, look at that. That's a goddamn tie-in. Yeah. Well, uh, they enjoyed that fish, and they thought Americans wouldn't like it because it was so hard to eat. And I was like, uh, I don't know if you know me, <laughs> but I like this kind of thing. Hell yeah. So that's an allusion to the main meat. But before, that's just a tantalizing taste. Before we get to that, let's crank out a little correspondence. You want to correspond? Let's do a little correspondence. This is this is sort of a new flavor of correspondence where we're going to have to deal with emojis for the first time, and I'm excited about it. I'm not a big emoji user, so when I use them, I use them severally and confusingly. And I, I took your lead. I, I will uh, use GIFs or GIFs, depending on whether or not you're a douchebag about it, in text conversations in a similar fashion to, to, to try in an attempt to, to be confusing. But yeah, we, yours, I think these is a good, these is, this is a good use of emojis for two dudes who don't. Yeah. But so, uh, so I'll lead off with it, with a, with, with a message from, from James to myself sent July 25th, 2016 entitled Papa's parents exist with roughly 12 exclamation points. Now, Normally, I'd give a backstory as to why Papa's parents existing is, is big. It pretty much explains itself. But Papa is someone who currently lives with James, used to live with me and James, and before that lived with just me. In college. In college. So, 
The correspondence begins thusly. Yo, Ben of the West. I spent last weekend at Papa's parents' condo on the Cape last weekend. If those people are not his parents, it is a very elaborate ruse, complete with backstory, picture, and inside jokes. I had spent Monday through Friday in Hell's Heat, Greenville, South Carolina, with twangy-talking Philistines, so anybody who didn't blindly follow Trump was a welcome change. In less than a month, I will be flying to SFO for merriment and wassail. I have a short list of shit to do while you are working, so don't feel obligated to take time off. Also, I've been jogging in the summer heat if you need a jogging partner. My only query will be about what garments I should bring, but that can wait until we are closer to the trip. Bernie Strong. And then the emojis are as follows. A woman with her hand up waving, a uh, revolver pointing at that woman's head, a lit cigarette, and then three daggers. And then the sign-off is, redundantly yours, Jay. Well, I tried to capture my mood. Uh, I didn't have like a woman waving or, or three daggers or like a revolver, but I, I think I had a lit cigarette or two. Big time. Yeah. It's the, the emotion behind the emoji that that's what was captured there. Yeah. Yeah. And so I have a reply from Ben to me, which is the next day, which is my father's uh, 63rd birthday, July 26, 2016. James of the Oaken Square. This is truly tremendous news. I'm glad to know that whatever government plays Papa into witness protection are willing to go the extra mile with the cover up. My drinking and running club meets on Mondays. So if you want all the beer you can drink and a five to eight mile run, I've got you covered. You'll need a hoodie or a light jacket and probably pants. I'll also scoop you up from the airport because I work about 10 minutes away. JJP has been courting the young lass who lives here. So it's possible he'll be here in town at her place. Straight crushing puss. These emojis are normal guy's face, normal guy with turban, finger gun, and then third down symbol. Or or the okay, number three, I think 4chan made it a white power symbol. And then the salutations is Hail Xenu, Ben. Hell yeah. Now two things. One real quick. This was sent long before the okay symbol was anything but razor. What I was trying to do was the old finger going into the hole in your hand so that it looks it's it's sex. I know. I said I said third down symbol is just a dick with you. Some people get it. Some people get it. Some people don't. I, for the people not seeing it, I really want people to know that this, uh, that despite the fact that we're two dudes from technically the South, this is the opposite of a white power podcast. Honestly, I made I made that hand gesture over a hundred times in Germany in 2017, and I'm not sure when when the switch was for it, <laughs> but Germans don't count three like that anyway. Yeah, and that's why I loved it. Hell yeah. The other point I want to make is uh, the the joke in there about Papa. So I lived with Papa for, I think, nine years and went to his house several times and never met a single member of his family. And it was it was like an inside joke because all of you went to college together, like mm-hmm. a, a bunch of college friends came from many countries and states of this great nation. And Papa was from like eight miles away and none of you ever saw his parents once and they they were just a mystery. Yeah. And that's Papa's like personal life. It's weird. Yeah. Because I've lived with him for eight years now and 
I his parents were at the Cape that weekend. Yeah. And it was a great act. Yeah. So we joked that uh or maybe maybe it's maybe we didn't joke. But we we claimed that uh Papa was actually in witness protection. Uh he's Italian. We don't use his real name, which I think is the only reason that he stayed in our group as long as he has. Dude, we write checks to that guy. We know his real name. We know it, but we don't use it in conversation. So he can he can keep up the charade because obviously the real name that we know, it's not his real name. Come on. Yeah. It's it's a weird double life that he lives and like I don't know why they're monitoring us so sternly. Like he knows me pretty well, so like there's some agency that just yeah, gets it. And they don't think I'm going to tip yet. Well, they haven't heard our new Foley art. No. No, they have not. How's that for Foley art? And honestly, I can't, I can't, like, your your video's frozen, so it kind of just sounded like a beer can opening. Was was that what it was? It was me twisting off a yingling top and then dropping it onto the table. Okay. That's odd. It's still, it's still, even though I heard a different beer sound, it's still red as beer. Yeah. Well, they usually do. Uh, how do you feel about uh, the main meat this week? I'm into it. Do you, you like that meat that they got in uh, North Quincy? Yeah, this is this is definitely a uh, one that you have a lot more insight on because it's sort of about your travels that I got to assist with in, in several ways. But this this is. Uh... But you were the person that was closest enough to observe many of the things that I also observed. To, yes. to understand the things that I said and thought. Yes, and and the occasional times when you needed a second set of hands. Uh, and one time when we needed a third. At least once. Yeah, well, one, uh, uh, we'll get to it, but we needed some extra hands a few times and just made do with just ours. But the reason we've, we've mentioned North Quincy is that James moved up to Boston after we'd both graduated college and stayed on our couch for for a time but then got his own place in north quincy which is a suburb sort of just south uh i guess southy uh south of dorchester south of dorchester okay well south of the Ponset river yeah it's it's a boston suburb but it's a little farther out it's on the red line uh yeah. no- north quincy has a red line stop but if you ask like any kind of trashy person like where they're from they're like yeah i'm from boston it's like, yeah, so so which neighborhood? And they're like, yeah, actually, I'm from Quincy. Don't worry. Yeah, it's it's far enough away that it doesn't count as Boston. If you're getting, if you're going to be like, but where in Boston? Kind of a follow up question. Zoomed out on a map of the U.S., it's indistinguishable. But it is like it's it's towards the end of a of a metro line. But yeah, I lived in North Quincy, which is you know like a neighborhood section uh, ward of Quincy, if you will, and. That it was known as I don't know if it's a destination, but there there was a large Asian American or Asian population. Yes, there there were a couple of faux restaurants, a couple of Thai restaurants. Uh, there was there was one uh, Italian place that I loved going to because it was also the closest place to where I lived, which was I think it's called Squantum, but like that's if you believe the the little gray letters that are on Google Maps. Uh, there's a there's a lot of them that are just straight lies for neighborhood names. But that place was called Buccini's Mister Sub, and Mister Sub. I don't know why it wasn't Mister Buccini's Subs or 
or any other combination, but it was Buccini's Mr. Sub. Yeah, it could be it could be Mr. Subs at Buccini's. Uh, like they kind of picked one of the only orders that doesn't make sense. Well, I think they picked the one that had the least amount of characters. And yeah, it still made no sense, but it conveyed their message. It was it was there's a guy named Buccini. He was probably a man and he had something to do with subs. They also made pizza that was okay. But their subs really brought it home. I only ever had their subs and I, I will attest they were good subs. Yeah, man. I, the faux restaurants weren't bad too, but I, I'm a huge fan of faux. So if you can do it pretty all right, I'm fine with that. Yeah. So the place that I lived, that I that I moved into, was uh was like a double decker, not a not a triple decker that's common in the Massachusetts area. And we had the whole first floor, and I was I was just subletting from this guy. The guy was a visiting professor at MIT uh in physics he was he was a doctor he was he was from China and his name was uh uh I call we'll call him W W Y and he had a wife uh CCY and a young young son who was 10 when I met him but we celebrated his 11th birthday Y Y Y and you know, I hate to say it. I don't. I don't want to sound racist, but I'm a huge Indiana Jones fan. Temple of Doom is actually my favorite Indiana Jones movie. So I, he's he was short round to me, and he, you know, he took to everything that I enjoyed at the time as like a 24 year old, which was like South Park and video games and. Like violent video games, you know, I I could buy the mature games. He was playing Plants vs Zombies on an iPad. If I'm not mistaken, you told me that he would very frequently, while you were playing violent video games, he would come in and watch you play them. But then on his iPad, he would also be watching videos of other people playing Plants vs Zombies. He was a big strategist. That was cool because he also <laughs> played the board game Go, which is which is very popular uh, in in Asia. I know Go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he would he would look at like leaderboards and the the Korean strategies versus the Chinese strategies. It was insane. But eventually, he got comfortable enough with the way Borderlands worked. He could understand at least working the mouse. And so, you know, if you play FPS computer games, the mouse, you know, that's where you're looking and that's how you're shooting and and reloading and and doing a number of other things. So I gave that to him and I would run the the keyboard. So I would I would be walking and 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 doing the basically the game stoppages. Hell but yeah. uh well, I knew he didn't have an older brother like me that insisted that we get all the violent games. You know, his parents gave him an iPad and he could download whatever he wanted to. He just didn't know the good games. He didn't get any recommendations. So I showed him Borderlands. Borderlands won. Oh, the OG. Yeah. That was a good game. Uh, yeah, it was. Well, I, I have some weird memories of it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man. So once I moved in, I, I got like a bed loft from Ikea, but I, I needed something else. So it, there were a lot of free pianos on Craigslist, and I took a gander at one. Not going to lie. 
And the guy was willing to like drop it off too. That's the big standout point of this. Cause usually the piano. So getting a free piano on Craigslist is not as weird as it sounds because they're everywhere. They're out of tune. They're all rusty. Like they're full of shit. And they're extremely fucking heavy. So usually it's, this piano's free, you just have to come get it. And this guy this guy was like, no, no, we just can't get rid of it. Just tell us where to take it. And I, I was like, all right, bring it over. And he's like, hey, yeah, I can get it on your porch. Cool. Get it on the porch. That's, that's all I need. I got, got, got some dudes. I got some friends. Uh, one of the members of your band. Mm-hmm. Well, the smallest member of your band next to you. Yeah, which which is still a very big person. <laughs> I, I know. I know. He, like, he, he gives me a run for my money. <laughs> and I'm not a small guy, but I'm still the smallest in my family. It's weird. I know. Uh, don't worry. These descriptions will come. But I needed I needed to get this piano into my room. And we had to tip it a couple of times. And like... It was an old school piano, so like pencils and erasers and a bunch of lint and a like chewed up gum that was all dried and petrified fucking came out. But all I could offer to pay you guys was like beer and pizza from Buccini's Mr. Sub. Which we accepted gratefully. Or subs. Yeah. And to to be clear, this is a an upright piano. We weren't moving like a grand or a baby grand or anything. So that, that does make it easier. But I would still, you know what? I'm gonna do the first ever live lookup of information. It, I think it's technically called a piano. It's it's specifically for like late 1800s uh, cowboy ragtime through vaudeville, if I'm not mistaken. Nice. Well, so according to some quick some quick googling. A small upright piano weighs three to four hundred pounds, and a big upright runs from six to eight. So I think we were probably closer to the three to four range. Yeah. Okay. But it doesn't really have handles. Like it's not a. Yeah. It's not an easy thing to move. It fits through the door, but not easily. Yeah. So we we the three of us, you know, lifted it, you know, half an inch off the ground at most, and just sort of shuffled it back into your room. Right. And uh, and it lived there for pretty much the rest of your time in that apartment. Yeah. So that I mean that was probably I mean we drove around and got like a bed and a couch that's actually still in our apartment. And I swear that couch has healing qualities. I love that couch. It's a good couch. But that couch is not moving out of that apartment. I may get a new couch. I I I may not. But I'm not taking that away. That couch belongs in that apartment. Yeah. <laughs> but that was that was like the only other piece of furniture that I had until like I started bringing things up from Maryland because we were going to be moving in together after uh, the start of September. Yes. So, I mean, this was all temporary anyway. I wasn't planning on living with a Chinese family for, you know, the indefinite future. Yeah. And like to clarify, they were nice. They were sharing oh, their space with you. They fed me all the time. Yeah, uh, they were like, "Hey, you you gave our son a friend. Uh, he enjoys you. Cool. Yeah. All right. So like you guys hung out, but there was definitely language barriers, and there was also definitely like uh, because there was just more of them. It very much felt like 
you were renting a room in their apartment, which is basically what it was. But like their, they had all their stuff there and you just had a little bit. So it was this, it was an interesting situation to sort of observe from the outside. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, I guess now is a good a time as any to describe like what walking around in an environment like that is because, you know, they fit in in North Quincy. We did not. As people over six feet and, and being white, we were just like the scariest dudes on the fucking street. Yeah. And I'd never experienced anything like that before. And it was it was interesting and weird. I mean, people would like cross the street. Yeah. <laughs> see see us from like, you know, 50 yards away and be like, eh, I don't want to take my chances. And we and we were we were like holding pizza boxes. Yeah, it'd be like us joking around holding a case of beer and like a bag of subs. But I mean, yeah, like we're we're fairly big. We might I suppose to the uh, you know, someone who doesn't know us, we we might appear intimidating until you actually heard one of us open our mouths and then you'd be like, "Ah, never mind." Yeah. Yeah, it it was still crazy. Yeah. Nonetheless. I mean, we're from a small town that is you know, not very diverse. So it was a very interesting to. Ex- and people are like never afraid of me. No, that's the other thing. No. Hmm. Well, I mean, sometimes, but that's <laughs> that's just because they know me. Only when you're at full speed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I moved into that place, we were in training for a race on a. I guess off-season ski slope. Yeah, it was at Mount Snow in uh, forget if that's Vermont or New Hampshire, but it's I think up it was there. New so. Hampshire, I think it was in the the Lakes region. Yeah, because we parked by that. Uh, we we parked at like the International fucking, Raceway. Yeah, that fucking track. Yeah, and it was the second tough mudder I'd ever done, but I'd had my ACL replaced like. A year and a half before that, so I wanted to take it for a spin and see if it still cut the mustard. And it was my first Tough Mudder, and we were the only two members of Team Venture. (laughs) Yep. Which was our Tough Mudder team. Yeah. And we trained reasonably, I would say. Yeah, well, our training regimen was interesting, to say the least. I mean, I remember before I moved out of your place... I, you know, it, it, we would wake up on a Saturday, say, we're, hey, we're not working. You want to go for like a long jog, like, you know, test out the muscles. And then you would fry up some eggs. I'd smoke some weed. I'm not really a breakfast guy, you know, if, if I have to make it. And I'd, I'd yeah, smoke some, <laughs> smoke some weed. We'd both be drinking beers and then go for like an eight mile run. It was insane. Yeah. And we did it. Yeah, there were a few times after work, because at the time we were working together, I think, at this point, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we would ride our bicycles to and from work, which was about four and a half miles. So we'd ride back from work, four and a half mile bike ride, put the bikes in the apartment. I'd probably make a sandwich. You'd smoke a bowl. We'd each drink at least a beer, and then we'd go on like a fucking six mile run. That was just nightly. Just the worst order to do it in. Yeah. So that as soon as as soon as you're no longer sweaty from the bike ride, you're now starting your run and you're full of sandwich and and beer. Well, that's how we wanted it. We wanted the warm up. Practice as you play. Yeah, I mean, 
dude, we, we, our bodies could handle it, and we we put them through the paces, and that was that was the idea. Yeah, and the day of the race uh, was definitely the most dehydrated I've ever been in my entire life, and I'm not entirely sure why. I I, I drank a lot of water the day before. I drank it the morning of during the race. It was just hot as shit. Like it was just extremely hot. It was over ninety. Not a cloud in the fucking sky. Every now and then, we'd, like, crest a hill, like a double black diamond. That was one of the fucking obstacles, was just walk up that double black diamond, which is basically a a vertical face of dirt. Yeah, the start of the race was run from the bottom of Mount Snow to the top of Mount Snow. And then down again. Yeah. And and around a couple of times. Yeah, we went up and down probably, like, three times. Like, not including all the obstacles. Occasionally, we'd get to, like, a vista. And it'd be like, hey, look at that. That looks pretty cool. Uh, there's a bunch of lakes and mountains and shit. And then it was like, all right, let's let's go over here. Let's keep keep running the fucking race. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. And while we ran the race, I think it was your idea for the outfits, but we'd gone to a Goodwill and bought like $12 three-piece suits. Did you have a vest on? That, I... I a lot of the stuff was actually shit that I already had or somebody I knew already had. Mm. Yeah. I definitely got mine from Goodwill. I, I remember that. Well, I just remember saying, like, suits, right? Like, <laughs> we're both looking for other jobs, like college graduates. We're suits, right? <laughs> yeah. That's that's how we get noticed. <laughs> yeah. And so we got there, and it was hot as shit, and we were going to wear these suits, so we decided to remove the sleeves and cut the pants into short shorts. Oh, yeah. Well, we had to. We knew we would die otherwise. Absolutely. And then all the water obstacles, because suits are not made to drain quickly, uh, all the pockets, like the suit jacket and pants, like the, the slacks pockets. Pockets and, and padding, the, yeah. Just really, like, they would just fill up and you'd have to squeeze them to get the water out. Like, they would, they would slowly drain, but not fast enough. And you were just running with, like, a, like, felt like water balloons just strapped to your waist. Yeah. I mean, luckily, you know, we were wearing sneakers at least. Yes. And, uh, that was a good time. Yeah. I, I vowed never to run a tough mutter again. And somebody actually offered to, like, an olive branch to me. It was like, hey, do you want to be on my team? And I was like, fuck no. You can have my headband. They do not sell these. Yeah, I I gave back my medal. I feel I feel the same way because uh, that that was the the first one I did. Uh, the, the the fellas I was doing it with hadn't prepared at all, and so it was it had snowed the weekend before. It ended up being the coldest I'd ever been, as opposed to the most dehydrated, just because one of them kept stopping every like hundred feet to catch his breath. And after the second one, that's when I realized that really anybody can do this with no training at all. Yeah, it just takes a while. It just takes a while. And so that's kind of like, that's not what I'm personally looking for in a race. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, we're used to going quick. We were we were bike riding to work and, and basically racing the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like alternating who was in front so that we could draft. and like. <laughs> you know, some people can just time it better in traffic when they're in front or in back. Yeah. That's the way Brookline is. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, so that happened while you were so we were doing that while you were in, uh, in in Quincy, and then towards the end of your time in Quincy, or was it even before you went there? What the bombing? Oh yeah, uh, uh, Patriots Day, the Marky Mark movie. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the John Goodman movie. 
So, I mean, we had to work that day. You remember that, right? And our boss was always just on Facebook the entire time he was working. It was Facebook and Barstool Sports. He was like Boston sports guy, social media, millennial superhero. In his defense, he was a huge piece of shit. That's true. That I, you know, we found that out or confirmed that later. It took took a few <laughs> years, but I was able. I can put a monetary value on how much of a piece of shit that dude is. Anyway, yep, yep. Uh, we we got a number, but we we all worked kind of near each other, uh, just just doing the this job of of the used department, like looking at whether or not DVDs have scratches on them, so we can resell them, refurbish them. Whatever. But he leaned over and he was like, hey, guys, like, uh, bomb just exploded at the finish line of the marathon. It's like, ah, shit, man. That's weird. And then, like, you know, half an hour later, we started getting text messages from, like, loved ones who were watching the news and shit. Because we were still fucking working. Yeah. Everybody's like, you all right? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I don't think they'll catch me. (laughs) Yeah. I I actually said that to one of my cousins. Oh, shit. Yeah, he uh, he can he can back that story up. Either way, a few blocks away from the the finish line where the bombs went off is the the flagship store of of the company we worked for. But uh, like we were still, you know, the drivers were still out delivering, and so one of our buddies was driving back under the bridge that it basically happened above. I mean, your girl at the time wasn't she working at the flagship store? Yeah, she was working there at the time. She was Damn. about a block and a half away from it. That's wild. I had to go home that night to yeah the the Yees, the Yee family, and yeah. they had made dinner and like they knew the news, like they they had channels for information as well, and they were just like, "Is this normal? Like, what what are we supposed to do?" And I was like, "A, this is not normal. B." You cannot be afraid of this. Like, this doesn't happen every day. This is insane. We're going to get him. Yeah. And then, yeah, the city was basically shut down for a couple of days. Because that was Monday. And then Thursday was Dungeons and Dragons night. Oh, yeah. So you were back up in the city after work over at our buddy's place. And we ended up riding our bikes back from our buddy's place to... At the time, my apartment, the place that you had been crashing on the couch earlier. It was the same ride back from work, basically. Yeah. And so it's it's like a four and a half, five mile bike ride. And at this point, we're pretty drunk. We're feeling a little, there's, there's an odd sort of tension relief in the air because nothing's happened really since Monday. And the city had been on lockdown, but like. Things were getting lifted, like, like like restrictions had started to get lifted a little bit. People are it's starting to maybe get back to normal a little and uh, the entire Brookline Police Department <laughs> passed us on our way back to where we were going to. Well, I mean, I, I planned to go all the way back to North Quincy that Thursday, yeah. but I ended up staying at your guy's place. And when we showed up, your girl was like, you're crying because she was like, uh, the news and we were just like we were playing Dungeons and Dragons with the TV off, like our cell phones kind of to the side, and then we biked back. Yeah, and it turns out that basically right after we'd left our our friend's house from playing Dungeons and Dragons, the the driving gunfight with the homemade grenades to, like went through the intersection 
like a block from less than a block from where from where we'd biked from. And so we're not answering our phones because we're on a bike ride. We're kind of hanging out. We're a little drunk. So we're not we're not hauling ass. We're taking our time. So by the time we do get back to the apartment, everybody from the that from the place we live, who knows we're supposed to be riding back and everyone from the place that we're leaving from all our Dungeon Dragons friends are all texting us to be like, did you guys just die? And we're not responding for like well over half an hour because we're going at a casual pace. And yeah, I remember some people being like, damn it. I'm glad you're okay. I was extremely upset for the last like 45 minutes. Yeah. Damn right. Yeah. But, uh, so that was that week. I forgot how much fucking happened when you were in North Quincy. Uh, well, it was a turbulent time in Boston. Uh, that whole 2013 year. Because, I mean, chronologically, I move up to Boston in like late August 2012. Then move to North Quincy in, I think it's late February 2013. I'm going to move in with you guys anyway. We were planning on getting a place. It was just like you had one year left on your lease. Yeah. And in that time, the Red Sox lost a season uh, from like the one that they absolutely collapsed, go on to win a World Series. And the marathon bombing happened. Poppy said, this is our fucking city. And they, like it was it was wild. Yeah, we caught that live. <laughs> It was an insane first year in Boston for me. And my parents were like, you sure you want to live there? And I was like, fuck yes. Yeah. But eventually your time came to an end. In North Quincy came to an end. And and, and so we moving preparations need to be made. The loft, the chair. I can disassemble those. That ain't, that ain't hard. That's nothing. That's easy. That's child's play. Oh, shit. Fuck, man. I got a piano, huh? I needed three D, three dudes to move it in, huh? You got a whole ass piano. Shit. All right. So the way I went about this one is like posted, hey, free piano. Uh, no responses. I actually got one response from a guy who was like, hey, I'll pay or I'll, I'll charge you to take it off your hands. And I emailed him back and said, fuck you. Good. Uh, so what? What I ended up doing was dismantling the piano. It had a bunch of big, long, flathead screws that I took apart. I got it down to the sounding board. Uh, it was still pretty fucking heavy, though. Like, it was still like 200 pounds of metal. At least. Because the wood on that's the, the weight does not come from the wood. It's the that's true. three and a half foot tall, five foot deep piece of fucking iron in the middle of it. You think a harp is heavy. You just... Take a gander at a piano tuning board. Yeah, it's like lifting a very flat engine. It's exactly what that feels like. That common analogy that we can all relate to. So, so I mean, that's what I got it down to. And I still needed some help moving that out. But I don't think I needed the two dudes. I could just use you. And you weren't at my disposal, but you're you're a friendly enough guy to say, like, hey, yeah, I'll, I'll work for a sub. Because <laughs> that was my payment. Yeah, let's be honest. I was at your disposal. Well, I mean, you're from the Mid-Atlantic. You know good sandwiches, and you've had the sandwiches already from Mr. Subs. So I was like, hey, I'll get you a sandwich. Oh, Buccini's Mr. Subs? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. A submarine sandwich from a man named Mr. Sub. But we had a, a tough time getting it out because, like, it was a hot 
late August night in North Quincy, right near the Quincy Shore Drive and, and the bay. So the wind kind of gets you, but when it's hot, it's humid and hot and swampy. And I mean, we could probably carry it out of our place, like my place, but couldn't get it much down the street. And we, I forget what the plan was, but I think it was just like, there's a dumpster behind the school. Let's just stash it near that. So I remember the plan was actually a different, there was like a bunch of dumpsters behind like a strip mall or something that was like five or six blocks away. And that was the goal. But after like a block, you were like, there's a school over there with a dumpster. What if we just go there? Cause it's only like another block. Yep. And I feel comfortable saying this now because uh, they, they can connect the dots with Buccini's Mr. Sub and a school nearby. But the statute of limitations is, is gone. And God, I, I'm sorry. I, like, I, I apologize to that school, but we just dumped like, 200 pounds of metal behind their dumpster. Uh, we had to like fucking push it like a, like a sled dog on like asphalt. Yeah, and it's just leaving this this groove. We're just grinding a groove in the sidewalk the whole time. We'd we'd occasionally get it lifted up a little bit, but every time every time it moved an inch, every spring, every 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 fucking piano wire is is vibrating and ringing out. So we are moving, we're moving this very heavy object very slowly, and. We're making the sound of somebody hitting every note on a piano constantly. Yeah. Well, you er- you earned that sub. Well, it was a very good feeling because we got towards the w- once we got towards the school because schools are always you know they always got like lights on to like prevent people from just spray painting it or dumping a piano at it. <laughs> <laughs> and so well, I remember we 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 stood in the in the dark like like before we were getting in the the lit up area and just caught our breaths for like five minutes. And then we're like, all right, we got to sprint up the driveway with this as best we can, which again, it probably took us a minute to get it up that driveway. Like there's no security guards for that fucking school. I don't know what we were worried about. Nowadays, we wouldn't give a shit. We would have kicked that stuff onto our own fucking sidewalk and said, hey, garbage man, this is garbage. Fucking figure it out. Yeah. Back then we were courteous. We were cordial. We were polite. Goddamn right. And then we ran away uh, like brave, cordial, polite men. Correct. And ate a sandwich. Uh, one, one of the better ones. You earned that one. Yeah. You could really taste the the effort in the sandwich. Uh, but, you know, my epilogue to those roommates is I, I emailed short round for a little bit and when he was back in china he i would send him screenshots of of me doing things in borderlands and he would send me screenshots of plants versus zombies hell yeah that was our agreement for like i don't know like a year year and a half i saw the the father at the thanksgiving that year there or the friends giving that we had but you know we we ran over that ground and you know he was he was able to to spear a pumpkin pie shooter with a with a pair of chopsticks, which I was impressed with. But he knew what he was doing. Hell yeah! They taught they taught me well. But that was my time in North Quincy. It was just 
illegally dumping shit and scaring people on the street. And occasionally eating pho and a good sub. Ah, uh, yeah. Can't recommend Buccini's Mr. Sub enough. If you're a North Quincy... Uh, the Buccini's Mr. Subs. <laughs> uh, if you're all hopped up on coffee and it's near lunch break, they're open at 10.30, I think. I don't know about coronavirus, but they used to be. Buccini's, Mr. Sub. Hell yeah. Well, luckily we went a little uh, a little longer in the intro, so I think we're good to go ahead and jump right into a, in, into a segment, if you're down to segment. Oh, you want a segment? I could segment. All right. I'll let you segment. All right. What I got, what I got this week, we're, we're going to do, a, because, it's, because it's Saturday, in honor of Saturday, in honor of you being in our hometown, we're going to do... A chief of the week. Chief of the week. Chief of the week. And um, I, I think you're going to get a real kick out of this. I wanted to tell you right when it happened. Go ahead and kick me. But I realized I, I could use it for this. So, walking down the street yesterday morning, and I was walking past uh, pretty much the only local pizza spot out here that makes... I get it makes a decent slice. It's also the uh, the most expensive pizza I've ever purchased is from there. I don't want to talk about it. Is it gilded that that pizza? It's uh, it's it's gilded with go- golden onion rings. Yes, just a gold for and a crown of pineapple. <laughs> but uh, the place is called Hole in the Wall Pizza, and so I'm walking past it the other morning and. I noticed that uh, a parking meter is, instead of being vertical, is pretty much horizontal. So I look over, and someone has, the car's gone, but someone has driven into the front of Hole in the Wall Pizza, putting a literal hole in the wall in the Hole in the Wall Pizza. Oh. It (laughs) It felt great. Yeah, I mean, talk about... You know, just names coming to bite you in the ass. Yeah. Uh, I was able to confirm that no one was injured, so I feel even better about it. Honestly, I still would have laughed at the commitment to the pun that whoever did it has, because that's that's what happened. A dad was backing out of the spot, looked forward, and was like, you know what I can do in this situation? Is really make a name for myself. Is gun it. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know what kind of vehicle it was, but uh, it 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 made my it made my day, and uh, possibly made my weekend. It was uh, it was very it was very funny to me. So to the driver of that car, you're this week's chief of the week. Chief of the week. Chief of the week. Um. Well, well, it's it's a lot better than the like subtle irony of like an inspector coming through and it's like. Hey, there's a hole in your foundation that's uh, causing this leak. Yeah, that's not like, fun. You're telling me that there's a hole in our wall? Come on. Yeah, that sucks. That's not fun at all. <laughs> no, no. This this guy made it. He saw a destiny and was like, yeah, yeah, I control this. Yeah. He, this is mine. He grabbed that bull by the horns and said, God damn it. I'm going to have some headline creator at some shitty local newspaper is going to have just the easiest morning. The literal bandit strikes again. Ah, you literal bandit. But yeah, I uh, I think that might do it for this week's Road Sodas. Road Sodas. 
coming at you this week from the place that we're spawned and uh and still me in san francisco so this is kind of a it was a special episode this is our first one doing it like this yeah it was our first weekend episode yeah and please give us a follow on instagram at road sodas pod you won't do it you will not do it there's no way you'll do it but if you did you could also send us an email at roadsodaspod at gmail.com. Double dog dare. You won't. And send us send us some correspondence of your own. Uh, I say it every week, but make the syntax difficult. Make us work for it. Challenge us. I'll syntax you. Go with alliteration. Go with homonyms. Because that way we don't know which way to pronounce it. Depending, you know? You know? You know? You know. You know. You old scamp. Oh, uh, but yeah, James, you got any final words for us? I do. I don't. Goddamn right. And as we say every week, God fuck us, everyone. <laughs>